Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. So much for tuning into this special discussion hosted by the Wade Church of Tampa. My name is Minister and Training Rondell, and I am elated to host discussion today. Today, we are tackling the issue of absent fathers. Father's Day recently passed, and like many of us, our timeline on Facebook and Instagram, it was filled with children celebrating the impact of their father. Like many of us, someone who grew up without their dad, Father's Day is not always a celebratory day for everyone. For me and many others, Father's Day actually forces us to relive feelings that we spend all year suppressing. Here at The Way, we encourage you to start the healing process. This discussion is interactive, so please write your questions and your comments down below. We want to hear from you so you as well can join the discussion. We have amazing panelists here tonight that is that wants to impart in you as well. I'll give them just a few moments to introduce themselves, starting with our pastor and Lady uh, Keith and Serena Bab. We want them to just introduce themselves and let us know what their relationship is uh, was with their dad growing up. And they're also parents as well. So we also want to hear about the joys that parenting has brought as well. I want to thank you for um, just organizing this discussion. I believe it's critical in this season, that especially uh, where the leadership of men is much needed. Uh, so I'm Pastor Keith Babb. Uh, I've pastored this church for about two and a half years. The Lord allowed me to plant this ministry uh, here in the, what many would call the inner city. I have a heart for the community. Uh, in terms of, and I'm actually a, a new father myself. So I have a, a one-year-old and a two-year-old, <laughs> and uh, they give me the business. Uh, but I'm grateful for both of them, because uh, I think just being a father is a gift uh, that only God can supply. And it's definitely a gift, as the Bible declares, that children are a gift from the Lord. Uh, my relationship with my father is one that I would say is growing. Uh, I, I did not necessarily have what many would call a typical healthy relationship with their father growing up, uh, but I believe that it was critical for me to still pursue a relationship with him. I think every child needs his father, um, and in the Bible is clear, it's throughout scripture, it talks about how a man should be the head of the house. Um, so I, I know it was critical for my growth, for my development, to have a relationship with my father. So I think uh, I would say that it's in a progressing stage. It's not where it needs to be, but my relationship with my father is progressing. Um, and I know you said one more thing in terms of the, the joys of, of, of being a parent. Um, just to witness something um, that God allow you, allowed you to birth um, and bring into this world is, uh, I can't even put it into words. It's indescribable. Sometimes, now I know why sometimes my mother would just stare at me. I'm like eating, and I'm grown now, and my mother just looks at me and stares at me because there's a joy unspeakable. And I look at my kids, and I just look at their faces, and I'm like, Lord, just thank you uh, for them. So uh, that's kind of my joy of parenting at this point. Um, and as you said, Rondell, uh, my name is Serena, um, Pastor Keith's wife. Um, for many of you who know me. But um, similar to um, Pastor Keith, I would say my relationship with my father is growing. I, I kind of have twofold when it comes to my father. I have my biological father, and then there's my stepfather, um, who has played a tremendous role in my life. And with my dad, um, we've kind of gone through some seasons, some up and downs. Um, but for the most part, it's a decent relationship. I don't think it's fully reconciled as I would like for it to happen. I know we have some questions and things. We'll get into a little bit of that later. Um, but it's definitely growing. Um, and, and, and we are aware of one another. It's not like he's completely absent. 
And then as far as my stepfather, um, he has just played a major role. Again, we can get into much of that later, but I would say that part of my relationship is um, with my stepfather is re really strong, but there are some, as I got older, there are some pieces I even saw missing in that when you get, to, get into understanding what true fatherhood should look like. Um, and as far as the joy, as he said, we have toddlers, y'all, so my memory is shot. Um, but as far as the, the joy of what I get out as a new mom, as a new parent myself, um, just kind of add to that question. Um, I, I was telling Pastor Keith the day we were spending some time with the kid, um, some time with the kids, and I said I looked into Soraya's face, and I feel like she's absolutely perfect. Um, and I know every mother feels that way about their child, but really what I was trying to convey is that there's a sense of joy and love that I get that I really don't even know how to comprehend that I, um, you know, my mother loved me and I have people around me who love me, but it's something indescribable that you really can't um, understand. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about, um, as MIT Rondell kind of walks us through this conversation about how even the more now the issue of fa the absent father comes up when you have that type of feeling with the own, your own child who you now parent. And um, my name is Stephen Harris. I'm a member of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Um, originally from Miami, Florida, a former athlete. I am the third oldest of seven children from my mom, Miss Gwen, if she's watching. Hey, mom, I love you. Um, <clears throat> for me, the joy the, of having children is just to, to see them and know that I can impart stuff into them that wasn't given to me um, when I was a, a child. So. Uh, to have uh, three boys and, and two girls, uh, especially for my boys, just to see them growing as young men and to know that I have an opportunity to directly impact their lives in ways that mine wasn't. Um, it, just, it just makes me excited and I'm um, happy to be a parent. Thank you. And Steve, what was your relationship like with your dad growing up? Uh, growing up, um, my dad, he, he wasn't around really. Um, I used to live in Germany and Alabama. He was in the military. So when I was about um, maybe five years old, him and my mom separated. And um, they, he wasn't around uh, since I was five. But now uh, we have a great relationship. I, I could say it's great because I understand him. I mean, there are some things that I still don't understand, but I understand him and I understand how God works. So I can, I can say we have a great relationship now. Awesome. What I love about this panel is none of you all have had a relationship with your dad growing up but now your parents and and so your your grace to be able to to parent um, the new generation so my question is since you did not grow up with your dad and now that you are parents is it difficult for you to understand why your dad chose not to have a relationship with you growing up um, I think I'll go first so I I don't think it's difficult for me to understand them. Um, similar to Steve, I think you start to, well, before you have children, you start to, as you get older and you're able to comprehend a little bit more, you start to understand, you start to be gracious, especially if you come to know the Lord. I would say that um, God gives you a different level of discernment. So you're not just seeing through eyes of hurt and pain and um, missing them, but now you're seeing with a more gracious eye, a more forgiving eye. And so I start to see some things so well before. So in that, for that reason, I would say it hasn't been difficult. In fact, it's added to helping me understand even the more. So for instance, um, my dad has always been around. He's been, I think what he would probably describe in my life, probably not engaged, but definitely in my life. But early, but my dad had me very young. So he had me extremely young. There were a lot of different life um, situations going on for him. And so as I grew older and I started to understand his story, not even told by him, but to me by others, I started to piece it together. And God started to soften my heart and say, okay, this, this may have been why he wasn't. I'm not making excuses, but if I had to put myself in his shoes, I can understand why some people's response is to detach or disconnect. Um, and in fact, me having children and even having children, having my first child at 30, if you want to parent well, it's challenging. It's challenging. If you want to just be an okay parent, it's not that bad. It's a piece of cake. But um, being involved and being engaging, as Steve said, imparting and discipling and in just the everyday taking care of daycare bills, all of that um, makes you, well, at least for me, made me think 
how could a 19, 20-something-year-old have done all of this who didn't have the example in his life and had a number of issues going on? This was just almost literally impossible. So it was a setup for him to be absent in my case. So in that sense, it hasn't been difficult. And, and just to add to what uh, my wife said, I think the other thing is not only being gracious, but also when you mature. I think when you mature um, as an individual, you can see some of the plights that your father had to deal with. And not saying that it was the ideal situation, but it does give you a level of understanding of why there may not have been the type of relationship that, that I desired as, as, a, as a child. And I wanna say just even a piece of, uh, Serena talked about it being challenging. I think there's also a weight to being a father. Um, and and you, you can just look at it, the context uh, from a biblical standpoint of the responsibility that a man had. Now even think about Eden, um, in the Garden of Eden, God told Adam that I want you to tend to this entire garden. And many times men think of that as their work responsibility. No, but Eden represented everything that God had allowed Adam's hands to touch. So as a father, I'm responsible not only for my children, but for my wife. I'm responsible for ensuring that my home is led in a way that honors God. So when you think about that weight and you think about the responsibility that God gives you, it can be scary. So even as, even as I'm trying to learn and kind of traverse this journey of being a father, I can understand how difficult it may have been for my dad if he caught that same revelation as well, so. And, and I would say uh, for me, um, just part of maturing and um, understanding where he was in his life at the time when he had me, what it took for me to get to a, a certain age and a certain maturity level to even be able to recognize what he had to be going through or what my mom and him was going through and their relationship and as a whole. So, I mean, as you mature, the, the more you see and the more you can understand and it just allows you to be able to forgive. I, I, I mean, I have five children myself. I have an older daughter who I'm not around all the time so I can kind of see some of the, the things that kind of happen behind closed doors that push you away or don't allow you to come around or, or, or don't come back. So it's just maturing and over time. Yeah, right. I love that you all pretty much said that you had to mature to, to get a better understanding to see where your dad is coming from. But in order for you to get to the place where you are now with your dad, was there a specific event that said, I need to gain, gain a better understanding of why my dad wasn't there? What was that turning point for you? I, I, I like to answer that question. I think one of the, and this is, I, I, I don't want to generalize this, but I think for a lot of young men that grow up without their fathers, there's a seed of anger that is birthed in a lot of young men. And for me, there was anger. And one, so the event that really kind of took me to a place where I said, man, I need to get this right with my dad or pursue a relationship with him is when I was confronted with my own anger and my own issues. And a lot of times I was so focused on him that I lost track of me and, and, who, and what God wanted me um, to do to ensure that I had a relationship with my dad. And my wife talked about this. The Bible calls us ministers of reconciliation. So if I hold on to that anger, I'll never be able to reconcile with my father. It has nothing to do with him, but it starts with me. And I know that may be difficult for a lot of people who don't have their fathers, especially for young men, is confronting that anger. And I think it was, it was not until God kind of said, no, you got an anger problem. And, and you're angry concerning your father, and that anger is going to cause you to not be able to reconcile with him. And I remember one uh, night in, in college, I just called my dad, and I, I was driving. It was when I was living in Tampa. I was driving across the Courtney Campbell Causeway, and I told him, I said, Dad, I don't know what, why we don't have a relationship, but I'm sorry. And I, and, and I know that may seem foreign to somebody, and they may be saying, you had to say something. Yeah, because God knew that I had a level of anger in me that was going to always be a roadblock to me having a relationship with my dad. And regardless of even if I didn't physically feel like I did something to hinder that relationship, I had to apologize because that was the next step for us to begin to mend our relationship. So it was really confronting that anger in me 
and then um, also having putting out my pride to tell my dad I'm sorry, even if I don't even, even if I, I feel like in the heart of hearts that I may have not did anything wrong, I really did in the spirit. I was, I had an anger issue and that really caused that bridge, well, not to have a bridge between me and my dad, so. Um, for me, um, I feel as if, like, I didn't really, never, like, really resent my dad or uh, where we had, like, a broken relationship because in my heart I always felt like he loved us. But just uh, between him and my mom, their relationship in the distance, we weren't always around each other. Or when I would go to my grandparents' house, down, uh, we lived down south in Perrine, that's in uh, South Florida. He would, he would be there and I would see him, but I, I was mainly with my grandfather and, and my grandmother and stuff. So it wasn't as if I resented him. He wasn't around, he wasn't really present in my life through uh, elementary and middle school and high school, but just everybody telling me you just like your dad or it made me want to know more about him. So I never really closed the door on our relationship, uh, even <clears throat> in playing sports. Uh, he, wasn't, he didn't really come to many games uh, he made it to a couple of college games, but I still never closed the door on him. And, and I think mainly because I have I have an uh, older sister and a younger sister, and and an older brother, and it impacted them more uh, for him not being there. And they, they were like, "Oh, you talked to dad?" Like, "Yeah, I talked to him." "Oh, I ain't talked to him this long." And I and I felt like it was on me to tell him, "Don't be so hard. Don't do this." So if I I felt like if I, if I closed the door, that would be the end of all of us being able to have a relationship with him. And I wanted to know more about myself, so I need to know more about him. So that's, that's the reason why we still talk today. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, talk about a turning point. I, I, just like Pastor Key said, anger. I wouldn't, I think if you would have came to me at a certain point in my life and said, are you angry that your dad is not around? I would say no. I would have said it, um, and honestly too, I, that's the way I felt. Um, but what I had done, unbeknownst to myself, is that I had detached so well and disconnected and just thrown it away. Like that relationship is dead. Not him, like he wasn't dead to me, but I had, I just had learned to survive without it. So it's kind of hard to miss what you don't have sometimes. And so um, in that sense, I disconnected so badly that reconciliation would have never taken place. And until this event happened, what I'm going to describe here, I don't mean to sound super spiritual, but I'll never forget. I can actually remember um, Pastor Keith and I were living in um, our first apartment um, off of Bruce B. Downs, and I was getting ready for work, and God said, you need to honor your um, mother and your father. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I, I'm nice to them. I'm cordial. I love on my dad. And I'm like, I no, no, I'm not doing that. Like, the, you know, and this is at a stage where I'm growing spiritually. And I have been growing spiritually. We had got connected to a church here. We were serving. And I was like, Let, let's not play this game, God. Like, we, we already know, you know, I'm not the one that messed up. I didn't have me. And so he was hitting me with this honor. And then um, I, I heard it as clear as day. I told God, I do honor him. And God said, no, you tolerate him. He was like, you don't honor him, you tolerate him. And um, I thought, man, I have been going around on Father's Days and birthdays just tolerating. And so that was the event that changed and similar to Pastor Keith. I called my dad, had a conversation with him. And I said, you know what, dad, I'm sorry because I have been holding stuff against you and I didn't even give you an opportunity to reconcile. I've kind of shut you out. Now, granted, I thought that he still should have taken the first step, but it was what God was doing in me. Um, and so I do want to just add this to anybody that's listening. I, I don't want to make it appear to be so like spiritual, like, oh, you know, your dad's not going to be there. But if you just love on Jesus and don't be angry, you guys can move towards that. Because there's a lot of different dynamics. There's a lot of different relationships. And I think that anger is very justified. I think that anger is true. Those are raw feelings. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that as a Christian, as a believer, to harbor that and continue in that, it's only gonna impede your own growth. And so what I found was that was the changing event. Um, and I don't wanna get ahead of the conversation, but I will say even after our conversation, though it was fruitful, it caught my dad off guard and he was very gracious and very loving about the conversation. It still wasn't quite what we needed to be. It's like we reverted back within a couple of months. And so um, that's a whole nother piece of it. So, but that was the turning event. Can I, can I say something, MIT Rundell? I, while my wife was speaking, I, I realized why I needed to apologize for my dad, to my dad, because I wasn't honoring him. And that's a mandate on my life. Just like the Lord has a mandate for fathers, 
he also has a mandate for children. And it, it never says that honor the good mother and the good father. It never says honor the faithful mother or the faithful. It just says honor your mother and your father. And every thought that I had, negative thought that I had towards him, wasn't honor. Every negative word that I spoke towards him wasn't one of honor. So somebody may be watching and maybe saying, I, I shouldn't apologize to him. Yeah, whatever that you harbor in your heart that doesn't honor your father, you do. And I, and I just realized that kind of just hearing my wife that I failed to honor him. Um, and that was a mandate on my life to honor him. And I, I just, just to add to that, um, I'm not sure if I fully asked the question, but our, our point of reconciliation, um, my father actually started calling me more and um, just tell, tell, telling me how sorry he was and that he, that he hadn't been there and all the things he wanted to do that he didn't do. And he just, he just was real remorseful. And um, he, yeah. would, he would call me every, anytime he was feeling down. And I'd be like, Dad, man, it's okay. Listen, listen yeah. I understand I have children of my own. I know how relationships go, and, and from that point, him just calling all the time, trying to make it up, asking me if I talk to my sisters and my brothers and stuff. I was like, okay, he's really, he's really trying to get back in there. So uh, that's, that's what turns it around. I'm glad that you all have shared success stories where you were able to reach out to your dad, and they were actually happy to mend. Um, you all have mended relationships with your father. Me personally, I recently started the path of reconciling with my dad. And it really wasn't until the coronavirus, you know, um, around this time there are people that are, you know, pretty much dropping like flies. Like every day there's somebody that you know that's being impacted by the coronavirus. And when death happens, it allows us to understand that time is, is vitally important. And so for me, I could not let another day go by and say my dad is still alive and I don't have a relationship with him. Um, and so that brought me along the path of, of reconciling with him. And one of the things I had to do was forgive. And so I want to just get your opinion on what part does, did forgiveness play while you were reconciling your relationship with your dad? And does forgiveness always look like a mended relationship? Um, so I would say my dad did have a moment where he was kind of like Steve's dad. My dad was like, hey, I'm sorry. And he said this before, like, I'm really sorry I couldn't have been there. The biggest thing for me was it was easy for me to, be, I don't know if it's because of my nature to be so understanding or because of the Holy Spirit that lives within me that allowed me to easily say, it's okay. Like, it's okay, dad. Like, that, that's like um, water under the bridge now. We're done. We can't relive. The past is gone. We can't go back to basketball games. We can't go back to whatever that's done but we can move forward so actually like forgiving him was very easy and it may have been even easier not only because of where i was in my relationship with christ but also because i felt like he genuinely meant it now did he know the next steps to take from there no did we did he do some things or say some things where i'm like eh, absolutely um however the initial forgiveness i think the but for me the struggle was um living with the broken relationship and what I mean by broken is once th that disconnect has already happened early in childhood it's always going to be there you uh, reconciling means that something is obviously broken that's the only reason we got to re redo this again we got to come back to it and so now we're living in the come back to it phase and that phase was very difficult for me because somewhere along the lines I thought oh I forgave you you genuinely meant it this is going to be a happy perfect relationship and that wasn't the case and um, another revelation from God God was like you're going to really have to learn with if this is all he can give you're going to have to be okay with that and that was real difficult for me it still is difficult for me there's times where we have conversations uh, and there's never even a hey how you doing like I, I mean I probably have family watching now I, I don't know I got to put it out there we got to just be honest I don't even know if my dad knows my son's name I genuinely don't he probably does um, because my stepmother stays engaged and that's not to fault him this is just real raw stuff and I know my dad loves me I know he genuinely loves me but that vestedness and being in a relationship and so when I call him on Father's Day there's no hey how the kids are doing and so that's the thing that you expect fathers to do right and so now I got to live with this and say in my mind, I'm thinking like I'm talking to him and we're fine. I'm thinking, you didn't even ask. But 
now I gotta, I gotta learn how to, and that's the part God was saying, you gotta have, you're gonna have to learn that if this is all he can give, not saying that that's all you tolerate and put up with because there's definitely boundaries and you, every person has their different um, amount that they can take or, or hold. But for me, I just had to live with being okay with, you know, I'm talking to him, I'm still honoring him in the way that I can. Um, but there's also some things that he may have to work out with God, and I have to give him space for that. And I can't just be expecting, expecting, expecting out of my lack, and I have to allow God to really fill that void so that I'm not putting these unrealistic demands on him. And so, I don't know. That was... I'm, and I'm, I know I talked about forgiveness, so forgiveness is critical. And like I said, if, the, if there was no forgiveness in my relationship with my father, then there would be no um, bridge towards us reconciling. That was the first step to reconciliation. But I think the thing that many people have to understand is that restoration and reconciliation are two different things. Um, and I think reconciliation gets us to the process of restoration. And restoration is a hard thing to do. So a lot of times we think, like you said, everything's going to be well, everything's going to be fine. I finally got this off my chest. It was so difficult for me to even get to this place of forgiveness. But no, now I got I to gotta endure reality. Yep. We've been apart for years. Yep. Um, there's baggage that I bring into the relationship. Yep. There's baggage that he has. Now are we willing to work together to move towards restoration? And I think that's the kind of thing uh, that, that's an individual heart issue. And that's always tough because the child can be at a place where, no, let's, let's work this out. And I'm ready to start moving now. But the, the parent or the father may not be in that place. And can you be patient um, to allow God to restore it to whatever point he wants to? And that's always a difficult point, I think. You know, it will avoid a lot of disappointment uh, with our relationships, with our fathers, when we get to the place where we realize reconciliation and restoration is two different things. And it's tough. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of where I am with, with my dad, so. And um, forgiveness um, for me uh, with my father, like I said earlier, just came with just understanding and um, just realizing that we could we can't make up for lost signs. We can't make up for the times that he wasn't there. But where can we go from here? And the, the thing that made me willing to forgive more, to forgive him the most, was just the fact that he was sincere in his apologies every time we talked. It got to the point where I'm like, Dad, stop apologizing, <laughs> like, to where yeah. it would drive me crazy that he would be crying and apologizing so much. I had to tell him, man up, listen, man up, we're going to be all right, because he was really sincere. So it was like, if he, if he can't forgive himself, then I obviously have to forgive him because he's, yeah. he's going to keep going with it. So. Yeah. What I find is when you have a, a daddy wound, excuse me. What I find when you have a daddy wound, there are, there's residue that comes along with it. So it's not that you're the only person impacted by your father being absent. There's a lot of other things that, that goes along with it. I know Pastor Keith and Serena, you know, they discussed anger that came along with that. But how has your relationship with your dad impacted your other, um, your relationship with your other family members? Or even how does that, how does um, you, you all being in a marriage and neither of you had your father growing up, like how do y'all see that portrayed in your marriage? I'll, I'll start. I think models are key. Uh, Paul said it, and I'm sorry y'all because I'm a pastor so I always got to give scripture. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There was always this model and that was when he was speaking to Timothy. So God would always set up models for us to emulate. And I think the biggest issue with me is, is that I never had that model. So I never saw in my own home what a healthy marriage looks like. So actually, I'm, I'm working from ground zero um, in terms of how do I be a good first husband to my wife, and then how now do I be a good father to my children? And how do, I, I never had the model. So regardless, you can have scripture all you want. You can have counsel all you want. But void of the model, it makes it very difficult now to move forward. So there was a lot of things that me and my wife had to learn together. Um, there was friction in learning how to treat her the right way, how to love her the right way, um, how to just uh, uh, work through conflict the right way because I saw it work 
so negatively before. So void of that model, I think that impacted our marriage. And thank God my wife was gracious towards me because there's plenty of times where she could have told me, you need to get out of the house. She could have walked out and said, hey, I'm, that's just too much. But she understood that I didn't have a model. But void of that, I think um, I still had a desire to do it the right way. But I think the biggest impact was, man, I got to start from scratch. Um, and I don't have anyone in my home to, that I could remember back to, that I could reflect on and say, this is how I need to treat my wife. And this is how I, you know, should raise and rear my children. So that's probably the biggest impact. Um, and I'm still going to be learning that even with my kids because I don't have an example. So. Well, I think for me, well, for me and um, my family, uh, just my dad not being there, I, I could see the impact in my, my sisters and brothers. Uh, my older brother, he went to prison. Uh, he was 14, did 17 and a half years in prison. Um, so when my dad left, I was six, he was maybe 10. So he had had him in his life. So for him to leave at that age, he had a lot of anger in him. He uh, acted out. Um, and then my older sister, um, <laughs> she's probably watching now, but uh, she had a lot of anger growing up too. Um, just running away from home, just little, just little things that, um, not little, but stuff that you, you will feel from the impact of your father not being there. Um, and, that, and my little sister, just she was very young, so her not having a, a father around, she's very attached to my stepfather now because she was searching for father figures, but her not having my dad, it really hurt her. And to this day, sometimes I know she's still trying. She's trying to reconcile with him, but it still still bothers her. So I just get to see. I I didn't feel it. I feel like I was covered for most of most of that. Um, I feel like God had His hands on me at a young age, so He shielded me from a lot of hurt and pain. But I I believe I still may have acted out in some ways that I didn't know. But I would I couldn't directly correlate it to my father not being there. But I know without him being there in my life, I know the things I didn't learn. I know the things that my granddaddy was trying to teach me. I know the inheritance that my granddaddy was trying to pass down and the things that, I, that, that, that are going to miss me and miss my, my, my kids. So um, it's just not having your father around it is just it's detrimental to everybody. Yeah, I would say um, how it affected my relationships. Um, I think I was very untrusting of men. Um, I think I assume that for me it was because I had some other stuff going on to add it to it but I think I just assumed I took a mindset that men um, had the freedom to go and leave as they please um, and that women would take the brunt of it and so because I viewed it like that you know fathers can step out men can do this but women don't really leave children and stuff not so often and so um, that built up a bitterness in me um, and so when it came to my relationships, um, well before even Pastor Keith, just dating relationships, I was very rigid. Um, sometimes, and I've had every, every probably ex can testify to this, that I was very, okay, nope. If I see a little sign of wishy-washiness, I, I mean, it was just very hardcore on people. Um, and it's because I came pre-wired with this mindset of, oh, you think you can do what you want to do. Like, this is my definition of men. They get to get away with things, and we have to take the brunt. So I'm going to jump ahead of it. So I think it, it came out in that way, and it wasn't good. Thank God for spiritual growth, and God had to deal with me. But I will say as I get later in life, I get a little older and mature, once I got to... Um, Pastor Keith, um, and I started dating him, the shift happened where one, I had to let go to bitterness and I had to identify my daddy issue as my daddy issue, not men issues. And that was really critical um, because I kept, I couldn't face every male with that same, um, you know, that same type of mentality. And so I, I got to that place and then um, it became for me once I got over that hump let's not duplicate this. Let's not duplicate this. And so as Pastor Key said, we had some friction, but in the beginning, you, you, that's kind of common early on in marriage, especially if you're young. Um, I think I was like 21 when we got married. Um, you, I just was so bent on, let's just do this right. We didn't have the models, but we, can't, we don't need to use that as an excuse. Let's be the model and let God um, show us how to do this. And so, yeah. 
Right, and I think we all can relate to the residue that you all described. As much as it has impacted us and our relationship with our family and friends, I think having an absent father also impacts our relationship with our earthly father. So what do you think is the correlation between uh, your relationship with your absent dad and your relationship with your heavenly father? And is there a correlation in your opinion? Wow, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. If um, if I had to really think about it, I would say um, that I kind of I'm, I'm my own man. Um, that I've made it this far doing it on my own, and um, that if I need your help, I'll call you. I think that's kind of probably how I kind of treat God at times. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Similar to Steve, I kind of had an absolute, my dad can't be trusted, men can't be trusted, God is a male figure in a way, he can't be trusted. And so I'll do it on my own, and then when I bust my head, <laughs> I guess I have to take your help, but I don't really still trust you. So it was a lot of trust issues. And I think that may be something that we do innately, and we don't, we don't make that correlation because just hearing... Steve and my wife share that I never really made that correlation to God and I may do that I may do that unbeknownst to, to myself but I do believe that um, I look at God differently than I look at men and the reason I say that is because he's always been faithful to me even when I've been unfaithful so I've never attributed uh, what my dad did to what God does in my life because there's times where I know, like, man, God, you looked out for me, and I know I was not doing your will. Um, there's times where I've prayed, and God has come through exactly what I prayed for. So I never, I never try to attribute God to man because the, my um, experience with him has been totally different yeah. than any um, relationship on earth that I've ever had. So I've... I don't think it's impacting my relationship to that degree. He's just proven, God has proven himself to be faithful. And that's why the Bible says, even when your mother and father forsakes you, I'll be there. Um, so, and he's always been there in my life. So I, you know, so I can't say that him, my dad being in my life has made me look at God in a different light or treat God in a different light uh, because he's just been just that good. Can, I just want to add something. As um, Pastor Keith was talking, it made me think of something. One of the things I do now with my kids, and this may be me parenting from my own issue, which I try not to do too much, um, but because I um, correlated my, my, my relationship with God similar to with my dad's, what I do now is I try to lay a foundation of who God is um, with Soraya and Caden. So we do a lot of things of, um, Soraya came up to me today and, um, or if she comes up to me, I'll use this example. And she says, I'm, I'm scared. And I say, no, just, uh, I don't tell her just be brave. I said, be brave because Jesus is going to help you or God is going to help you. And I'm trying to, um, give her the characteristics of God to lay a foundation so that even for that one time, daddy don't help her or don't show up that she doesn't, um, make the connection between God and daddy, but it's just between you and God as, as Keith said. So I think that's critical in parenting when you're going through is helping them lay that foundation of who God is to them. And, and just for me and in, in answer to that question, um, I, I grew up going to church, grew up in the church, but I didn't, I wouldn't say I knew God as I was growing up. I was around it. I knew, I know now that he had his hands on me, but growing up as a kid, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I was protected from a lot of stuff, but now growing in my relationship uh, with God, I couldn't, I could never equate him to my father, yeah. but I could see how growing in him now, how I could do it, do him sometimes just because the father is supposed to be that authority figure over your life. Yeah. He's supposed to help you out and just, not having that male figure in my life and, and talking to God, I can see how I kind of do things on my own a little bit. Yeah. Right. I, I think I had a similar experience to Pastor Keith. With me growing up being with a single mom, I found that I, I could only lean on God. So when my mom wasn't there, that was my only option. And so it, it, made, it strengthened my relationship with Christ. I would say as we, we grew up, right, you know, we have a, a basic under uh, or a basis of what the Bible says. 
and I, sometimes as humans, I feel like we like to pick and choose what's in the Bible. And one of the things that we kind of forget is to forgive as your so that your heavenly father can forgive you, right? So for me, reconciling my relationship with my dad, it, it gave me a visible and a tangible aspect to what God meant by that. So did you all, do you all have that similar experience where the relationship with your dad has allowed you to understand uh, various principles of the Bible that we really couldn't test with any other relationship? Um, hopefully I'm answering your question when I say this. I would say um, grace and patience um, is something, uh, is that kind of leaning towards what you were looking for? What are we getting out of it? What principle? I think my relationship, even now, from the beginning, even now, um, you talked about um, forgive as your heavenly father forgives. Um, and I think, I'm, th I'm thinking of the scripture, and I'm sorry, I don't know the exact um, book or verse, but um, the measure for which you, you know, measure somebody else, it'll be measured. Like, you know, that same measure is like, if you're going to use that ruler for one person, you need to use it for yourself. And God had to deal with me in that. Uh, when I was harboring that bitterness and that um, anger. And I don't think that God, I kept thinking that God wanted to, I felt like God wanted me to just forgive and forget and just move on. Like, okay, you're saved now, you know better, here's the principles, get over it. But that wasn't what God was trying to do. He was just trying to say, I can't get you to see the fullness of this um, and we can't really get through this and highlight some of those biblical principles that I'm trying to get unless you let this go and then let me restore this now. Um, and restoration may look different for different people, um, but what he was trying to get and do through me, I had to really um, be gracious towards my dad. And God was like, I'm gracious towards you because, yeah, he wasn't there, but you're not always there. You're not where I need you to be, and you hear me clearly, and I'm always present in your life. I'm always there. I'm always fending for you. I'm always trusting in you. I'm always picking you up. I'm always covering you when you do stuff you shouldn't be doing, and yet you're still not um, present. And so God had to kind of tell me the measure that you're using for him is far worse than what I even use on you. And so that was, that was something that kind of highlighted a principle, I guess you can say, um, for me with my dad. I, I would say, uh, I know this may come off the wrong way, but understanding how dangerous pride can be in your life. And the reason I say that, I think one of the things that a lot of people do when they have a negative relationship with their mom or their parent, they always say, I'm always going to, I, I want to just be everything that they weren't. <laughs> and we say that to the degree that what we're really saying is, I can do it better than them. And that's really, that's really pride because you have no clue of their journey. You have no clue of their plight. You have no clue of the baggage that they, they came with. So I'm, I'm saying that to say is that there's going to be things along the journey, even as a parent, even as a husband, that I have no clue that, that maybe my father went through or my mother went through. And I've got to be careful with pride jumping on my life because the Bible says that, you know, um, pride go up before a fall. So I, you, you'll set yourself self up say, using that terminology that I'm going to just be everything opposite of what my father was um, or opposite of what my mother was. So it's really causing me to, to look at myself in another light and knowing that I had some areas of pride and God used my relationship with my dad to kind of reveal that in my life. And I have to always examine myself to make sure pride isn't creeping up in my life so and and I think that's so good I'm sorry can I say this I talked about how I learned to be gracious and patient towards him and I'm so glad that God not only stuck on me with that with that revelation and made sure I caught that because it wasn't until probably years later that someone kind of revealed to me something that was going on with my father around the time when I was really young, when he started to disconnect. And they gave me the story in a way where it really kind of broke my heart because I had never heard it. And he probably, for whatever reason, didn't even feel the need to tell me, not like he was trying to keep it from me, but it could have been some shame attached to that. And I remember God was like, see, you don't really know the full story. That's why you have to let me do the restorative work. And it's not that I'm just picking on you and I won't deal with him because I'm, I'm a just God. So I know how to check everyone. And so I think sometimes in our hurt, because the hurt feels so justified, the pride feels so justified, um, the anger feels so justified, we don't want to let it go. But it is so critical that we let God do the work in us. 
And for me, it was just, um, just, just grace, just knowing that, you know, the situations I've put myself in and, and God giving me grace. So just for me to look at my dad and hear his story and hear his heart, I, I had no, no choice but to extend him grace. Um, and, and that's what it was for us. Yeah, I, I think that we all, all have a similar experience where our fathers are still alive and so we're able to at least reconnect with our dad to some extent. Um, and I'm thankful that we're able to, to speak on that tonight, but there's so many other different types of absent fathers. And so I wanna just take a few moments just to help our brothers and sisters out that are watching, that are tuning in. Remember to continue to uh, like this, share this, comment, um, add questions because um, our panelists are here and we are here to help you when it comes to this. I know that there's some, there may be some people who normalize, um, and I think um, Serena touched on that a little bit. They, they pretty much normalize the fact that their dad is not there. Um, do you think that it is important to have a relationship with your dad? I, I like to uh, start off with that. The, um, and I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but there was a, a moment in my life where I realized I really, there were some things that I missed out from not having a father and why I still need a father. I was, uh, it was in a men's leadership group. We had some men in, our, in my former ministry, and I was a part of the men's ministry, um, kind of men's leadership group, and we were having a meeting and I sat there and I was listening to these men talk and I and a lot of them had poured into me encouraged me and then I was probably had to be about 26 27 had graduated was in my professional career married felt like I had accomplished some things in life and I just started breaking down crying and I had I, I'm, I'm, I'm like I never got into this place um, where I had broke down like that in front of men before. And really what, why I broke down, I caught the revelation that I needed my dad. And I was thinking about all these men that were telling me about uh, how to prepare for a home, how to treat your wife, how to do all these things. And I said, I really wish that I had my dad to share that with me. No, no knock on those men. Um, but many of them were fathers themselves. And they couldn't be the son, uh, they couldn't be a father to me even if they wanted to. And I said, in that very moment, I, I knew that there were some broken areas in my life, no matter how much that I accomplished. There were some areas that, that I was missing because I did not have a father who could pour into me, who could give me wisdom, who could give me insight. And that's a, so I'm saying as a grown man, I needed my father. And even as a grown man, today I need my father. So I, I think it's a constant prayer for even myself uh, that God, you know, um, opens up opportunities for him to kind of share with me. And sometimes when you've been absent from your child's life so long or there's been a disconnect from um, a relationship long, so long, you think the other person is okay. So innately I'm going to think my father's okay yep. and he may have the sense that I'm okay but honestly in that moment I realized that I'm not okay yeah. and that, that I need I needed my um my father and I need him today um so that's why it's so um important and vital that we have a relationship um with one another so um for me um as far as uh the, the relationship with the father as far as needing my father, um, I, I had tremendous uh, men in my life. Uh, my grandfather, my step stepfather stepped in and, and filled the void. Uh, but I, I always still feel like there's something in your in your father, your biological father, that, that if he's alive, that you should at least have some type of relationship with him because there's something inside of them that's yeah. directly for you. They might not be the best person. They may not know the right things to do. Um, Keith, yeah. they may not know how to tell you to get along. They may not know how to, but God put something in them yeah. for you, that's especially for you. It may be that one word of encouragement throughout your whole life that changed your life for that one moment, but I, I definitely believe that you need your father. Um, when I talk to my father now, we, we laugh, um, you know, we giggle and, and talk about fishing and different things, but just that little thing, whether he's telling me something major or trying to apart something in me and I'll be like, Dad, I know what I'm doing here. 
it just just having that is, is enough. So if, if anybody um, fathers alive still, and um, if you're dealing with unforgiveness, I, I I would encourage you to to talk to God and and do everything you can to forgive them. And if you're a father watching and you haven't talked to your child in a while, I would encourage you just to reach out to them. It doesn't have to be the best relationship, but there should be some type of uh, relationship where you can pick up the phone and they can call you or, or vice versa. Yeah, I would say um, absolutely we need our dad. I, I, and I know that's difficult because here's what happened. We learn how to survive without them. We do survive without them in a sense of we go on with life, um, right? We, we get degrees, we get jobs, we get into relationships, some of us have kids, we do all we need to do in life, we make friends, we kind of come into our own, but there is still something, as Steve said, I think, that's innate in them and in us, uh, where we need them. I remember um, having a conversation a couple years ago with my dad, he stopped by the house and we were talking, and hearing my dad talk just casually, I was just shocked for him to be um, absent, um, what I would consider, what I would consider absent. Um, I was so shocked by how much we had in common um, and how there are certain characteristics that I had that he um, obviously came directly from him. Like I could see myself in him and I'm like, wow, um, here I am despising a man for his choices, his issues, um, his walk, and yet there's something that he's already done transferred to me. As Steve said, you don't know what you have um, that really was beneficial. Um, my dad is very carefree. Now, <laughs> that can pose to be an issue in some situations, um, but his lightheartedness, his ability to talk with people, to make people feel comfortable, um, to make people feel loved and important. Um, he's very sociable. Um, I did get some of that from my mom, but a lot of that came from my dad. Um, uh, the way he looks at life sometimes through a lens. Now, we may disagree as far as, far as values sometimes, but I could see at the core of it that it really came from him. And so I had to be... Um, now, here was the difficult thing. I could see that and I could say, yes, I need my dad, but still I couldn't really have my dad. You know what I mean? Because he hadn't, um, and I said the word you didn't like, because he didn't, um, he didn't actually, he wasn't actually walking still in what I would consider fatherhood. Um, however, I had to learn to just be okay with that, even despite that. But I would say we absolutely need our dads. From a female perspective, let me just say really quickly, and we may get to this later, so I won't dig into it too much. Um, Women need, we need our fathers. We need our fathers. We need, um, we need that validation and we need it early and we need it soon. I don't have to sit here and list a host of things that, that we can see are manifestations of when women don't have that validation and the right validation from the right men. Um, I thank God for my stepfather who always encouraged me in sports and, and my studies and every different, you know, other areas too. But I think when I got my master's degree and I called my dad, um, a bunch of people knew. And I was excited, but to hear my dad say, I'm so proud of you. Um, you exceed my expectations. Um, I just, I, you, you give me so much pride as a father. Um, just really did something to the 20-something-year-old me to when I got off the phone, similar like Pastor Keith said, I was in tears because he didn't have to say that. And here he was still not being the dad that I thought he should be, but yet it touched a place in me that needed that validation. I watch as um, someone who's raising a daughter, um, I'm telling his business, but my younger brother who lives with me, <laughs> um, I watch him, and Keith does a good job of this too, but um, when Soraya gets her hair done or anything happens where she has a new outfit, she'll say, let me go show Uncle Moon or let me go show Daddy. And there's this sense of validation and pride that she takes off running with when they say, ooh, girl, you look so cute or you look so pretty. And so um, I think you have a lot of, we have a lot of 20, 30, 40-year-old women who needed to hear, girl, you look so cute with your hair like that, and we didn't get that. And so, um, unfortunately, we started looking for it in other places. Can I say this too, MIT Rondell? I think it's dangerous for us to say that we can, we, we can do it, we can be okay void of not having our father. I think that's a very dangerous thing to say. And I think it's also a tool of the enemy. I think because when we say that we do not need our father, what we're really saying is, God, I don't need the ideal situation that you said that I needed as a, as a child to be the best that I can be. And God knew 
that the ideal situation for every child was a mother and a father in a married, godly relationship. And here's the other thing that, that the enemy uses that, um, that phrase against. As when we say, I don't need my father, that also causes a roadblock for the father to come back. And I think many men have gotten to the place where, well, my baby girl says she don't need me, she's doing all right by herself, yep. and now it causes a roadblock for reconciliation. So the enemy uses the very thing that we say, well, I'm doing okay, I done made it this far, I done, be, I, I done progressed in life as a child, and really what we're saying to God, what you set up, God, is not necessary for my life, and the enemy twists and uses that to cause us not to reconcile and not have a relationship with our father. So it's, it's just dangerous for us to say that we don't need our fathers. As much as we hope and, and we pray and we wish to have a relationship with our dad, the reality is there just may, may be some people who won't be able to have a relationship with their dad, whether, um, you know, their dad was abusive, their dad is, um, you know, actually caused harm to them. You know, there's many different scenarios that why they may not physically be able to have a relationship with their dad. Um, what can, how does God want us to treat our, our absent fathers if there's literally no way for us to kind of um, have a relationship with them? Well, I'll say this. I, I think we have to ask God, to what degree can I honor my father? Honor, honor has to look different for everyone. Um, like you say, we've got fathers that are incarcerated. We've had fathers that have violated us. We've had fathers that, um, that we have not spoken to since we were born. But God, to what degree am I able to honor my father? That may just be, I never scandalize his name. I may never ever talk to my father, but when somebody brings up my dad, I will never, I will never speak ill of his name. I will never speak curses upon his name. And God will honor that level of honor in the life of your father. So I've got to ask God, it's personal, all right? Because all of our situations with our fathers are personal. They're unique. So we have to ask God because the mandate on a child's life is to honor our mother and our father. That's, that's, all, that's all our mandate is. So God, I'm asking you, to what degree can I honor my father, whatever situation he's, he's placed me in with my father, to what degree can I do, can I um, bestow a level of honor on him? And I think that's all we can do if we can't have a physical relationship with him in a sense that many people think uh, a father-child relationship should be. Yeah, I would just ditto what Pastor Key said. I think you have to find how you should honor. Um, and for me, like I said, my dad is... Um, me and my dad have, do have somewhat of a relationship. Um, it's not where I would like it to be, maybe even not where he would want it to be, um, but I do honor him. I'm very careful. There was years ago where I stopped. Um, I was very careful about how I talked about his name, even now, um, and, and being a part of this panelist and knowing that I have family members, knowing that this is public. Um, I'm cautious, not because I don't want to be honest, because truth is truth. Truth is truth. If you weren't there for years after I forgave him, I felt like, well, I shouldn't say that because that'll make him feel bad. Well, that's the truth. That's the truth. You have to speak that. However, there's a way in which I speak it now to make sure that even if it's difficult for him to hear or someone else to hear that's attached to him and us, that we walk away understanding that I love my dad and I still honor him. However, we have to deal with truth. So um, I think as Pastor Keith said, it's going to look different for everyone. And I think you have to really seek God and say, God, what can I do? The Bible says that we should try to live at peace with all men as much as possible, as much as lies within you. So um, I think we have to find out what's the, the much that lies within us that we can, we can make sure we are doing our part. Um, if I had to give an answer, I would say just to seek our ultimate father, um, which is God. I know that um, I, I didn't ask to be here. He gave me a mother and a father. He put me here. So I know that God is ultimately the one that's going to take care of me. Although I need my biological father in my life, I know that God is going to take care, take care of the most of it. And just to kind of say what uh, Keith was saying about honoring your father, if I could give a little story. Uh, when I went to play at Florida, <laughs> the newspaper came to me one day and asked about my father and just and I just said he, he wasn't around and stuff like that 
but I still honor, I still love my father, but I was just answering the question. And then my dad's at work, <laughs> he was a correction officer, and the newspaper come across, and they're saying how I have an absent father, and he, but the whole time, even though he wasn't there, he's still telling people how proud he is of me, but then the same friends and employees has to read the paper saying he's not there. So it kind of like hurt me a little bit, like, man, I didn't really mean to cause any rift or for any shame to happen, but it was the truth, but it just, just honoring your father, you know, goes a long way. Yeah, I think this discussion was so rich. There's, there's multi-levels to this, so many levels to this. And so, you know, my prayer is that we continue this and we continue our healing process. So as we close out, what is one thing that you would like to encourage our listeners as they move to their process of um, reconciling with their earthly father? Um, forgive. Um, just forgive. Look, look in yourself. Look at your own ways. Look at some of the things you do. And ask yourself, are you worthy of forgiveness? And, and if you are, then, you, then someone else is too. And I would just uh, ask you guys to try to reconcile with your father if they're here. If not, uh, seek the Lord and, and talk to him and uh, ask him to give you clarity and understanding. Um, I would say two things. Um, I would say abandon expectations. Um, but with that, I would say set boundaries. Um, and I'm only speaking from my personal experience. If I had to leave something with you, abandon expectations. I think sometimes we come in, remember we're coming in hurt and broken. We're coming in disconnected. So as Pastor Key said earlier, we're bringing baggage to the table, some that we know about, some we don't know about. Um, and then on the other side of that, the father could be too. And so if we come in with, these are just my expectations. Um, and when those expectations aren't met, guess what? You're like the little kid like I was, again, sitting on side, outside waiting for the car to pull up to take you somewhere that never came. And so that you, you start to open a sore again in a womb. And that doesn't mean that we don't um, desire or have high expectations. It just means come in realistically when I say abandon expectations. Um, and then what was the second thing I just said? Um, I have Boundaries. toddlers. Boundaries, yes. Thank you, Ron. Boundaries. Um, I think for me, once I, me and my father were, were started to begin that path of healing and I started to really honor him and not just tolerate him, um, somewhere along the line, I felt, okay, I have to be accommodating um, and I'm not a doormat. You still can't pop in and out of my life. Um, you still can't give me empty promises. You can but how, how, I, um, how I take that now is going to be a little different. And that's what I mean by setting boundaries. And so we had to have some, some tough conversations. We still have to have some conversations around it. That's the boundary that I'm setting. Um, there's going to be some language that can't be used. There's going to be some, um, just some actions that can't take place because we're not dealing with the child. We're dealing with the adult now. And so now that we're dealing, um, now that we're trying to reconcile and restore this relationship, I had to be aware of um, my boundaries. And I'm not just talking about physical boundaries, but emotional boundaries. If it's too much, it's just too much because there were some conversations for me and there were some things that was too soon, too fast because I have to build up the trust. I've forgiven you but I don't trust you yet. And that takes time. Um, we keep, Pastor Keith and I was talking about a situation on the way to church um, tonight. Church, a trust has to be earned. And so when you have years of trust issues, I mean, the very thing that laid the foundation of why you have trust issues, and now you're trying to reconcile with that thing, that, has, that takes time. And so I had to learn, you know what? I had to put this boundary up. I had to know how much is too much. Um, so that's what I would say. Um, I think two things that I would leave away with our listeners is one, to know that God is sovereign. And when I say that, that he, um, he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. So he knew who he would use to get you into the earth. And I, and I think a lot of times we uh, wish that we could change the narrative of our childhood, that we could change certain things that happened in our childhood. But God knows every um, detail of our life to get us to the place that he wants us to be. So here's, I, I, I don't want us to get caught up in um, bashing our fathers because God knew who we needed to get us into the earth. And then the other piece is, is having a level of hope. The Bible says that it's better to be a dog than a dead lion. So I'm saying this, as long as your father is in the earth, as long as you're in the earth, there's still a level of hope. 
um, so God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So um, we just got to believe God. If we desire that relationship, the Bible says he'll give us the desires of our heart. Have a level of hope. Know that God used a certain man to get you into the earth. And then also have a level of hope to know that even though it may not look like what you want it to look like right now, God can still do exceedingly abundantly. And I'm believing that for us who are up here, for myself, and for those that are watching. So. Yes, that's that's I, I totally agree with that. As we close out, I just want to end with um, a quick word of prayer. If you all can just uh, bow your heads and agree with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time spent getting to know you better. We thank you, oh God, just for those who are watching, those who are here. We thank you, oh God, that this discussion is relevant right now, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you would heal the hearts of those who are listening, oh God. Heal the hearts of those who are here. We pray, oh God, that you would continue to show your sovereignty through our relationship with our Father, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you would continue to extend grace, continue to extend mercy, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you would turn our hearts towards forgiveness. We pray, oh God, that we would continue to have trust that we would build up our relationship with you as well as our relationship with our earthly father, oh God. We thank you, oh God, just for your grace and your mercy, oh God, that has covered us. And we are expecting, oh God, exceeding abundantly in the lives of ourselves and the lives of our fathers, oh God. And so we are, we're so grateful that you have instilled this in us, that you've given us time to be empowered, oh God. That next time this year, oh God, that our relationship with our dad will look totally different, oh God. And we know that we can only do that with you. And so in these things we ask, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we, we are so thankful that you have joined us. We want to continue this conversation, look out for more events from the Way Church as it relates to absent fathers. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.